One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome to this episode of the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds with me, Juan Daniels, and Miss Brooke. Special guest today uh, here on the Vanderbilt side of things as Georgia faces Vanderbilt tomorrow. Remember, guys, noon kickoff. Uh, Brooke, welcome to the show. Happy Thanks Friday. For having me. So, as you can tell, Chad is already popping. But first, we're going to sit here and, and preview the Vanderbilt game uh, tomorrow. You know, talk a little bit about that, kind of get a feel for Vanderbilt as well. Uh, you know, right now they're probably not in the best shape. Uh, you know, new, really new regime. Uh, under Clark Lee, we'll get a little bit more about that from Miss Brooke. Uh, and obviously, there's a big announcement later on in the show. Uh, so everybody in the chat, stay tuned, get ready for that. Uh, but first, before we get started, I want to make a shout out to La Terrain, the sponsor of the DGD podcast. Make sure to use code DGD at checkout for 10% off of your purchase. Uh, go to la-terrain.com uh, and check out what they've got to offer. But first, let's go ahead and jump right into this because there's a lot right now. And and let's be honest, before we get started, you know, looking at Vanderbilt, I, I don't see this being a competitive game, but I do want to take some things, uh, you know, from Georgia's side and Vanderbilt's side. I want to kind of get a feel for, you know, what we can take away from both sides for this game. Uh, we'll let Brooks start. Brooke, with, with Vanderbilt right now coming, you know, obviously at home uh, against Georgia, uh, overwhelming favorite. What are your thoughts for this game? What are you looking to see out of Vanderbilt uh, tomorrow? Um, I think with Georgia being an overwhelming favorite, there are little things that we just have to look at. Um, it's Clark Lee's first coaching experience with Georgia. Um, but one of the big things that I think we have to look at is um, the passing game just has to be good against a defense that we – no is is going to make it super difficult but um i think it would be just a really positive thing for me to see that passing game click and and to see um you know we lost a, a running back last week so just to see that um click with um quarterback and and see, see that commitment with there with there i i look, you know obviously don't know a ton about vanderbilt uh, you know, but I do kind of want to get a feel for what Clark Lee's building there. And I think with, you know, with Vanderbilt playing Georgia, uh, this is our week to get a feel for what Vanderbilt's about. Uh, obviously, you know, Clark comes in and inherits the program, uh, you know, not his players, things like that. So I just want to see, you know, kind of like similar to what happened with South Carolina last week. You know, what kind of culture is Clark building? Right. I want to see if his players are buying in. Do they play physical? Uh, you know, I want to see these things right here. Uh, one, what are you, what are your takeaways from a Vanderbilt perspective? And obviously, we'll talk about Georgia afterwards. Uh, but from Vanderbilt, what are you looking to see with them? Well, I mean, it's just the same thing that Brooke said. I mean, she hit it, you know, hit the nail right on the head. Is their 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 passing game? Will you know? Will Seals come out there? Will he you know be able to come out there and and, and throw the football? You can see South Carolina. They definitely struggled running the ball, but they did kind of hit us a little bit with some passing. And I can see that you know if Vanderbilt can just get a little bit of passing game 
um, you know, going on, you know, not to say that it's going to, you know, blow the doors off of Georgia. However, you know, it's going to be the little things that Brooke talked about. Like those are some exciting things that for the future, something that Clark Lee is, um, you know, is, is preparing to do. And, and actually right now from a quarterback standpoint, um, you know, he's got a, a pretty good recruit coming in. He's got a, a big time um, wide receiver slash tight end that I had an opportunity to, to coach. So he's getting some really, really good uh, recruits that are coming in, some commitments that are coming in. And just a, even a small showing of the passing game, just kind of like Brooke said, is actually going to you know ignite you know, a lot of these um, recruits to say, hey, you know what, maybe Clark Lee is actually building something special. And I want to be a part of it, you know, getting in on the ground floor. You know, thinking about that right there, and this will be the next question here, Brooke. I want to ask you this, you know, as, as a follower of Vanderbilt, you know, from a recruiting standpoint, uh, you know, Georgia, we're going to go ahead and make this real fast and then we'll transition to your question. But I have to tell you that the chain is out because Georgia picks up a commitment very late last night, uh, actually early this morning uh, with Bo Hughley 2023 tackle, uh, Look, six, seven, three hundred pounds. That's that's another monster for Matt Luke uh, to deal with there. Uh, but let's transition back to Vanderbilt here. You know, from a recruiting standpoint, you know the I guess you could say the the talent level and and the product being put on the field is subpar. You know, from a recruiting standpoint, do, are you familiar with what could be the draw to to get kids to commit to Vanderbilt and, and really? put Vanderbilt on the map in regards to these players? What 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 is the draw for Vanderbilt? I don't even know. I'm just, that's why I want to get your opinion here. I think one of the main draws and, and having some experience on the high school side of football, um, I think one of the main draws that Vanderbilt's just got to kind of stick with right now until um, the, the culture has been completely built, but is that you're going to be on TV eight or nine weeks of the season. You've got that. SEC, you're in the SEC. No, you're not going to ever be at the top of that. Um, you, But you've got people watching your games. You have people watching you. Um, and I think you have them looking at that competitive competitiveness. Like, can you stay competitive with Georgia this week? That, that to me is what's important. Um, and I think that's the draw. You're, you're not going to have um, the – you know, top 10, you know, nobody's going to come there for it to be in the top 10. You're going to come there and you've got to, I think, hold on to that. I'm going to be on TV. I'm going to be playing in nationally televised games and I might not be on the winning end of that, but I've got exposure. I, I think I see your point there. I, you know, also being in the SEC, you know, one of the things that I'm really taking away from this, and, and I think Vanderbilt's using it to their advantage here, revenue splits, right? You look at, you look at the SEC, I want to say this past year they got 60 million bucks because of, you know, revenue splits for each school. Each school got paid out 60 million, you know, and obviously talking, you know, bringing in Texas and Oklahoma is going to be even more. You know, that number could skyrocket up to 80 to, I don't know, eight between 80 and 100 possibly. You know, so I think you look at that right there. One of my things I'm curious to see, because we know I know Vanderbilt as a uh, baseball school and, you know, a powerhouse at that. You know, do you take the money? How much investment do you, you know, do you expect uh, Vanderbilt to invest into the football program? Because I feel like, you know, I don't know the first facilities or anything like that, but I would think that if you put a lot of money into the football program, that would help as well. What, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I don't, I don't know much about the the financial side of things, but 
I mean, I think you have to, you get out what you put in investment wise. And I think that bringing in, um, you know, kind of re redoing some of the facilities. I, I like the small intimate facility. Um, although I was there two years ago for opening day versus Georgia and it was, did not feel very small that day, but um, I, I do think you have to put in stuff um, or you have to put in the money to get it out. But um, I think that maybe put in the money with some of the, what, what you can do coaching wise and bringing people in that way, maybe um, kind of the way to build that. I don't think you're, you're not going to have the hundred thousand person stadium there. That's just not going to make it. So um, I think you, you kind of use what you have there, but I think you can bring it in with, with good personnel and um, having that and facilities, maybe workout facilities. I'm not familiar with those, but um you know, have some of that. I know Vanderbilt is revamping their campus a good bit. They brought in new athletic directors and stuff like that. So they're they're building. Uh, you know, I think so too. I, and, and I think they have to because, I mean, we, Juan, you know this, football is the revenue driving sport for the most part uh, for most schools. You know, but obviously Juan's been kind of quiet here. <laughs> you know, what <laughs> What are your thoughts on, on Vanderbilt? You know, you know, I see Clark Lee coming in. You know, we'll talk a little bit about this culture here you know, and what he's trying to instill. But, you know, with Clark Lee, do you think it kind of helps, you know, try to, you know, try to help with, you know, say, you know, getting money into, uh, you know, from the boosters or from the school into facilities, into, you know, into the football program, you know, because I think everybody has this conception of, you know, Vanderbilt being this baseball school, but you really need to try to switch over to this football program, you know, how difficult is that going to, is it going to be difficult or what's the, what's the process behind that? Because you're just falling farther and farther behind, you know, the, you know, the less you invest in my opinion behind the likes of, you know, even all the way from South Carolina to up to Georgia and Bama, you're just falling farther and farther behind in a football standpoint. What are your thoughts on what, you know, Vanderbilt might need to try to get a elite talent maybe? Well, right now they, they're already starting off with Clark Lee. So, if uh, and I follow him on on uh, on Twitter, and if you look at his Twitter, you look at these guys that he's actually having that are committing to Vanderbilt. Um, these are some some three some four star guys, and so obviously going up there and seeing the facilities, going up there maybe to a game, there's something that these recruits um, um, I'm actually like, and 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 all it's going to take is a spark. Um, and and here, let's go back to Alabama. At one point in time, they were not the greatest team. Um, you get a Nick Saban in there and then you get just like Brooks said, you if you invest money into the coaching staff, that's going to be one of those things that is going to be huge because you get one guy that's a great recruiter. That's also going to coach these players up. It's it, it, it's going to be huge. And also too, like Vanderbilt's had some great players, Jay Cutler, um, for one, and he's had a great um, um, career. Um, I, I've, I've never had trouble with any defensive back um, when I was, you know, playing against Florida, playing against Alabama, playing against Auburn, Tennessee, all of these guys, I never had any issues except for with one guy who was Corey Chavis, who was at Vanderbilt, who ended up going to go play for the, the Minnesota Vikings. So those players do get there. Um, but a lot of it is going to be, you know, unfortunately back during that time, it was a Jerry DiNardo who was the coach and, you know, they had kind of ran that little wishbone type thing, Derek Mason, you know, was, was he really the right guy for Vanderbilt? 
I, I'm not too sure, but Clark Lee, the way that he's doing things um, and he's surrounding himself and he's building this program. And then, of course, like uh, Brooke alluded to, having a, a, a great um, athletic director, you know, it's crazy because they're showing diversity. She's a black female, but um, she's really, really just, you know, stressing, hey, it, it, it's more, you know, not just baseball but it's, it's going to be about football as well. So, and it, it kind of tells you if you can get these top baseball recruits, they can get these top football recruits. And we also have a, uh, you know, Brooke will tell you, we have a guy that's at Buford, one of the top pitchers in the nation who actually signed uh, or, or committed with, with Vanderbilt. And uh, so again, if you can get them on baseball, you can get them in football. It is basically pouring the money or putting the money into the coaches or into the people that are surrounding you that's going to bring these that's going to bring these athletes in. Uh, you know, I, I agree with you there. I think the more money you invest into it, you look at Georgia, we invest so much money, right? $80 million facility, brand new facility. Kids look at that right there and they want to come practice in, in a great facility, work out in great facilities. Facilities matter, which is why, you know, the arms race never stops. Uh, but we'll kind of hop over a little bit to some comments here. Uh, Trip, I'm going to just do short here. Trip, yes, we do read these comments. Uh, so don't don't worry about that. Uh, you know, also, uh, Jay Shipes here, uh, he asked, does Vanderbilt use all their money split for penny loafers, dockers, and keyboards? Making a joke there. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't know. I don't know the finances there, but, uh, you know, I do find that a little bit funny. Uh, you know, and then, obviously, uh, Juan, did y'all hear about uh, – Brooke, your neighbors over there to the uh, in Tennessee here, uh, the Vols, paid Army five hundred thousand dollars to not play next year and scheduled Akron as another team. <laughs> I'm kind of shocked as well. Uh, you know, I'm looking at it right here, like that's just a, that's a new low in, in my opinion for Tennessee, uh, especially with the first year AD there. You know that that's not a sign of confidence, at least to me. So, Brooke, I'm gonna let your thoughts on this Tennessee thing because look. You know, obviously talking Georgia, there's not a lot you know, of optimism here for the most part. I want to have a time here for you to crack on you know, the, the enemy in the, uh, the Vol State here. What are your thoughts on Tennessee backing out of Army? So I have to say, Vandy fans are not going to like me for this, but um, growing up a Vandy fan and not being able, this was before, you know, we could stream uh, games and stuff like that. So... I didn't get to watch a lot of Andy on television. So I followed a lot of other football programs and um, I, I don't hate Tennessee. I look good in orange. Um, <laughs> so it kind of was something that I kind of went, I kind of went with. So I don't hate them. I do hate them Thanksgiving week. Um, so <laughs> I can have that, but yeah, paying $500,000 to not play in a year, like you are looking for it. Like that says a lot about your confidence for next year and what you've got going on between now and then. Um, so, ah, yeah, I don't know that that's a good look for any of them. Yeah. We're just going to have a moment of silence for Tennessee's hopes of ever getting back to the sec championship game. Um, just going to leave that there. Look, I, look, I, I hate the Vols 24 seven one. You probably do as well. I just, I just think that you know, that really is a testament to like the uncertainty. I think you have to look at it as they're trying to schedule games to get to a bowl game, because you know their SEC slate is it's kind of tough. I mean, you really think about it because you got Georgia, Florida every year, you know. Then you look at Bama as their cross rival, you know, or their permanent rival. So 
when it comes to that, goodness, like I understand that the you know the the situation, but you, you put somebody better, right? Like bring some money into into the school. Nobody wants to go watch you play Akron. Like you can you you <laughs> might get a win, right? Like this year shows that like FCS schools, can, you know, are you know more than willing and capable of beating you know FBS school. So you 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 can schedule Akron, and how ironic would this be? Sit there and get beat by Akron because you wanted to go to Army and let go of Army to play Akron and then get beat. If that happens, <laughs> look. If that happens, I'm going to come and do a special show and just clown Tennessee for God, maybe an hour. All right, maybe an hour. I could do it. But uh, you know, we'll, we'll, enough about that. I think we need to talk more about the game. <laughs> so. Juan, I want to get your thoughts here from Georgia, right? Obviously, this is a um, Georgia show, but I do want to get your thoughts on what Georgia can take away from this game because, you know, my expectation is we we go and blow this game out, right? You know, what is there to take away from this game? You know, obviously, you know, I don't want to look too far ahead because Arkansas looms next week, but what do we, what can we take away from this game tomorrow? Well, it, it, it's it's going to be another week for the offensive line to get it together. Um, you know, they're, they're going to face Vandy. It's very easy to overlook. Um, unfortunately, when I was at, you know, I was at Georgia um, and, and, and Brooke and I talked about this earlier, you know, we were upset um, at, at home by a, by a Vanderbilt team just by overlooking them. And then, of course, you go back to when DJ Shockley um, took Georgia up to uh, Vanderbilt and only won 13 to 2. Um, and a lot of that, too, can just be overlooking. So are you going to be able to be dominant each and every game to call yourself or get to elite status? And uh, th- this is going to be one of those games that if you don't, you can look sloppy. Um, and then, of course, people are going to be looking at, like, are you playing down to your competition um, or are you, you know, are you doing anything to anything to get better? So we need to obviously establish the run. Um, you know, do very well in the in the passing game. Um, that's going to be important defensively. You know, the the front is going to be amazing. Uh, you know, we definitely need to tune in, uh, uh, tune up that secondary. Um, you know, South Carolina um, did a pretty decent job throwing the ball. Vanderbilt is going to throw the ball. I mean, they're going to have to throw the ball. Um, so it's just going to be a matter of, you know, are they going to complete passes? You know, what are they going to do? And, and actually, Vanderbilt, for the most part, threw very well versus Stanford when they played Stanford. So um, so, you know, don't, don't just count them out, you know, and, and, and yeah, we're, we're looking for a blowout, but don't be surprised if Vanderbilt actually goes out there and, and, and puts up some, some pretty good stats, um, first and foremost. Um, also too, you know, it's not just, you know, like Brooks said, you know, what can we do in the passing game or what we can do, but also what are we going to do to be able to, you know, what are they going to be able to do to impress recruits? Because they have a lot of recruits that are looking, you know, to go there and it only takes a few of them to completely turn a program around look at Clemson look at Georgia look at all these teams that were you know at some point in time a little mediocre not at the top and it just took two three four recruits then after that it builds it builds it builds it builds it builds and then next you know they're an elite program so Vanderbilt has a lot to prove uh Georgia has a lot to prove as well so um should be interesting on what Georgia team we're going to see come out I agree with you there um you know looking at what I think you know my expectations for this game I want to see uh, our offensive line get a change. I think, you know, we talked about this offline as well. I I think right guard has to get solved. 
you have to you have to find the ability to move, you know, to rearrange things. And what I mean by that is moving Jamari Salyer to left guard, moving Justin Schaefer to right guard. Because after this week, you have you know you have a tough slate. You you look at uh, Arkansas, you look at Kentucky, you look at uh, Florida down the road, and you play Auburn at Auburn at Jordan Hare. That's a tough four game stretch, and you have to be on your A game for those games because these teams, those four teams, can beat you. They can. So you know, look, take this week, you know, to experiment and, and see who's going to step up. You know, take uh, Broderick Jones, give him a chance to play early and often, maybe even start the whole game, right? I think you have to have him start the game at left tackle and and just get it situated because, you know, with Cedric Von Prahn, Cedric Von Prahn being, you know, so inexperienced at the center position, you know, if he needs help, moving Salyer in is only going to help him. It's only going to help, you know. But obviously you look at guys also coming back off of injury. You know, Kieris came in last week, caught a couple passes, it's a good game to get him some more reps, get him, you know, get him, you know, get the uh, get the grease rolling, right? Get it oiled up, ready for Arkansas next week. You know, do you see Darnell? Do you see Tyke? You know, there's a lot of these questions that we're waiting to see. And honestly, I think this is the perfect week to get these guys reps and get them, you know, comfortable with the game speed so that they can get ready for the four game slate because we're going to need them. So, you know, obviously I want to see guys come back. And obviously the biggest thing, I want to leave Vanderbilt healthy. Because it, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what happens if you, you know, we, we saw this last year, you know, six guys against Florida being out like right, because of injuries, you know, injuries matter. But coming out of a game healthy is one of the biggest things that go underrated almost, in my opinion. So I think that's something that you have to make sure, you know, obviously get a lot of, you know, guys as well, uh, pl- basically play everybody. I think this is a game where everybody will play. Uh, that's walk-ons yeah. and all. I think you give walk-ons, you know, some snaps too. Kirby's shown the ability to sit here and rotate offense and defense. He doesn't care if you're if you, you're going to play. So do this again and get the guys ready for next week. Not not to overlook Vanderbilt because you never want to sleepwalk through a game. Talking about sleepwalk, look at Oklahoma. That's just an example throughout the NCAA. You know they're sleepwalking right now, and I think it's going to come back to bite him in the ass. Yeah. But that's my <laughs> expectations for tomorrow. Georgia's got to come in. You know. Don't underestimate Vanderbilt, even though it's a superior talent gap and everything like that. Play your game and, and try to come out healthy and rotate a bunch of guys in. Um, I do want to make a uh, <clears throat> make a statement here for any. I'm seeing in chat a bunch of Facebook users um, for the show. Uh, use this link chat.restream.io forward slash fb. That allows us to see who's commenting so that we can sit here and interact with you on a more personal level. So I just wanted to make that statement there. Um, you know, I've seen a lot of other chat here as well. You know, there's a lot of good comments I'm seeing here, um, but we'll come back to that in just a second. Brooke, I do want to ask your opinion here for, for the game tomorrow. Give us some of these names that we might need to know from Georgia fans. What are some, who are some Vanderbilt players that we might need to keep an eye out for uh, tomorrow? I think you've got to keep an eye out for Rocco Griffin. He's the, um, running back coming in. Um, I think am I what I looked at, he's from Georgia. So there's a little tie there. Um, Savannah area, I think, but he's played a little bit, um, and had a pretty successful uh, season. He was just behind, 
um, Davis. So with Davis being out, I think we've got to look for that connection between um, Seals and him. I think that um, we've got three great uh, receivers um, who tend to share a good bit of the yardage um, and comparing those yards. So I think you just can't close your eyes on any of them. Um, and again, as you're saying with Georgia, what you want to see with him, I kind of feel like I want to see that with Vandy. I want to see them uh, figure it out. Like it's not going to be um, that win that we would hope for um, likely, but I, I want to see those connections. I want to use this as our game to see who has that relationship, who has that, who is the quarterback's true connection, who does Seals work with the best. Um, and I think there's going to be some rotation in with um, the other quarterback. I drew a blank on his name. But um, I think there's going to be some of that rotation in and out too. I, I think that it's going to be that for us too. But I think Griffin's going to be the main one to watch for, just to watch that, watch him on the field by himself and not under Davis. Yeah, I, I think I'm kind of with you there because, look, I saw a comment from uh, – where was it? It was earlier. Someone mentioned, in, you know, Vanderbilt, you know, don't need to worry about anybody. You know, we can relate back the last week with South Carolina here. You know, from a talent level, there was really not a lot of people – you know, you have to kind of keep up with Doty, but that's about it. But then you see a guy that, you know, maybe not a lot of people were expecting, you know, kind of expose Georgia's weakness on the defense. You look at Chris Van come out and, and – Juan, we talked about this yesterday, you know, comes out and, and Moss's uh, DK, right, things like that, comes over 100 yards, you know, and nobody expected that, right? So, and that, you know, to me, you know, you, you don't want to underestimate a team ever. It's still the SEC. Now, do I expect it to be a blowout? Yes, we'll talk about our score predictions here soon. Oh, sorry, Josh Van, I'm sorry. I, I, keep, I don't know why I got Chris. Sorry, Josh Van, my correction here. I did that all yesterday too, sorry. Uh, but no, you know, you don't want to you don't want to go and literally just overlook everybody because somebody's going to come, you know, somebody's going to come in and, and make a statement on you if you over if you overlook everybody. You know, you look just a couple years back, if and Brooke, you might remember this name, Keyshawn Vaughn, right? We were talking before the show. Look, that guy was a good running back, right? So you can't overlook that. Now Georgia shut him down, but that's what you know. But you can't overlook talent because it's still talent. Uh, you know, are you familiar with uh, Alan George, Brooke? I'm not. He, so he's the starting corner. I had a uh, kind of a sit here. We talked a little bit about NIL earlier. Yeah, you know, talking to him, though, you know, it seems, you know, they, they've been ready for the offseason. And with Clark there, you know, they may not be expecting, a you know, a huge season or anything. But I think, you know, from his standpoint, he was buying into what Clark Lee was giving out. And, you know, in, in the culture there. So, you know, sometimes all it takes is for enough kids to buy in to make a difference. You know, kind of looking back to here, I, I think you have to look at it this way. Look at uh, App State as a perfect example. App State, yeah. you buy in to a program, you buy into what your coaches tell you, and then you go up to Michigan and you beat Michigan in the big house. It can be done, right? So you can't, like, to my point, you cannot overlook anybody because if they buy in, Anything can happen. That's why the game is played and not played on paper. I've been right? to a few upsets. See? See? It's proven here. 
Juan <laughs> had one, right? We talked about that. I don't think we had to bring that up, though. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, she just threw the, oh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. And I, I, I want to say in that game that we lost, I think we were favored by like 30. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. We had a great, we had Heinz Ward, Eric Zier, Terrell Davis. I mean, we All the names. That team. We you start, have that team. You, you start then, to you bring know, back the, the painful memories there. Goodness yeah, gracious. Was, that was, uh, yeah, that, 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 was, that was a tough time. So this, like is, said, this is a humbling yeah. moment. <laughs> and, and then we go that, that same year, and Auburn had that undefeated. You know, they were undefeated for like almost two years, you know, coming off of the probation. They beat Florida, who Florida beat us, and then we go and, and tie them. And I, and I truly believe that they overlooked us. I mean, they really did. They were looking, you know, towards that Alabama game. So it, it, it's always those, the, those, you know, those trap, you know, they call them trap games for a reason. Um, but again, you know, it's, it, it, it's small victories. I think this weekend that, that, that Vanderbilt's looking for um, and, and that's going to be huge for the recruiting. I think, you know, if, if you look at it too, look at the teams that they're playing outside. Yeah. They had one FCS school, but you know, for them to bring in Stanford, I mean, that is a, you know, that, that, that was a pretty, you know, you know, cool thing for them to do. I mean, then of course you got two great academic schools too. So, you know, that was one of the things that we don't talk about is just yeah, academically the draw. So you may not, you know, get those, those elite players because of the, you know, the, the, the high academic standards um, that, that, that Vanderbilt has, you know, no different from the, you know, the, the, those other teams that, you know, they, they do, they're, they're academically, you know, they, you know, are higher than most. So un unfortunately, some of those guys are just like, you know what, I I'd rather go, you know, somewhere else because the academic demand is just as much as the football demand, you know, when it goes to the, uh, to the Stanford's and the, and the Vanderbilt's and such. So, you know, coming from, you know, Brooke, you're, you're connected with Buford as well. You're, you're familiar with a specific certain somewhere. I was wondering if I wasn't going to bring it up. Hey. Yeah. There's someone connected to Stanford that we may know here. Um, you know, a lot of people may know as well in Buford area. So, you know, there's that connection there. I think, you know, uh, Juan might know who I'm talking about. I, I forget. What's his name, Juan? Who, who is it? Alst Alston or Alst Arston or something like that. I don't know. Something don't like remember. that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, was, I was texting back and forth last weekend with um, the Daniels family. <laughs> Yeah, not so. Yeah. <laughs> it, look, you know, you talk about academics. Sometimes academics matters, you know, more than football, right? Like, I've always been an advocate for getting your education because, you know, nobody can take away your education in that regard. You know, you, you know, something can happen, injuries happen, right? And, and your your athletic career can go, you know, bye bye. But you know, you have a degree behind you. You have something to fall back on. So, you know, academics yeah. is kind of a big jaw to what one pointed out. Well, and some of those, some of those are going to be a little bit different. So, and, and I'll just say really quick when, you know, when, when Ashton, when we went out there to Stanford, um, they said that, you know, I'll be honest, Ashton, the, the, the people on campus don't necessarily care that you may be a star football player because you could be sitting next to the, you know, the, the next rocket scientist or, you know, the next Elon Musk or, 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 or Steve Jobs. And so, you know, it's almost like it's more of a privilege for you to sit next to them than it would be to you. So the focus is, you know, strictly academics more so than it is it is athletics. And that's the same that, you know, what you're going to get with Vanderbilt. And I, I can see that being a situation where, 
you know, being a star player at Vanderbilt really is not that big of a deal because, again, you know, you're looking at the person that's going to create the next biggest major, you know, major thing coming out of Vanderbilt. I agree. Uh, you know, to put it in that perspective, I think you have to look at it as, you know, it's a big deal. So, you know, obviously I'm an advocate for academics as well, you know, but we'll kind of move on here. Let's do a score prediction here. Um, let's do a score prediction with a player of the game. Uh, you know, Brooke, if you want to talk about, you know, if, if, you know, you can talk about player of the game, or if you want to, you can talk about player for Vanderbilt, right? Vanderbilt's player of the game. If you want to look at that right there uh, in regards to a prediction, Juan, if you want to, we'll stick with with Georgia here. You know, Brooke, I'll let you go first. Ladies first. What is your score prediction for this game, and who is the player of the game for Vanderbilt? Um, I'm gonna go with the score being. I'm looking at my notes on the side. Sorry. Um, I think we're gonna go. I hate the score prediction. I feel like I'm letting my team down. <laughs> no, no need to fear. It's okay. Yeah. Um, let's go. Forty-nine to thirteen. Georgia on top. Oh, thirteen points. Fair enough. Who's your player of the game? Um. I really. I really just want to focus on Vandy. I want to. I want to see Griffin run. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to make the player of the game. I don't know that okay. I'm familiar enough with Georgia's side to make that player of the game. Okay. If, if that's the case, who do you think will be the best? Who Who will have the best game for Vanderbilt in that case? That way, you're more comfortable. Okay. Best game for Vanderbilt is. I'm going to go with our receiver. Chris Pierce um, okay. had 181 yards. He's got that. I'm going to go – I'm, I'm going to say he's got <laughs> – I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to say he's got a strong game, though. Okay. And you said Chris Pierce, right, the receiver? Yeah. Okay. Juan, what about you? What do you? What's your analysis on this prediction here? Well, yeah, like I said, I, I, I try to be – analyze that prediction, Juan. Yeah, no, no. I, I try to be as, as fair as possible and, you know, just thinking about things. So I would say I'd probably say 66 to nothing. Oh. That is about as fair as I can be. At least he's being honest. And I say I, I, I'm going to say that the, the, the player of the game is probably going to be Cook. Um, I, I think not only will he not only will he do a great job running the ball, but I think he's also going to catch some catch some passes out of the backfield um, as well. So um that that's going to be my player of the game. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good take right there. I know we had a comment earlier from G Bama boy uh, talking about running backs being an issue, right? Running the game, uh, but cook balling out for the most part. And to that point, he's kind of right through three games. Um, my prediction here, look, I'm going to give you a quick analysis here. You know, look, most Georgia fans, and I have a feeling deep down, they're not going to say this, but the players and probably even the coaches didn't forget about last year. And, you know, what we feel as if, you know, v Vandy backing out, you know, playing Tennessee, you know, we're really backing out twice. A lot of people in the fan base got really pissed off about that, and I don't expect them to forget about it. 
Uh, and some of these, you know, some of the seniors that came back, uh, you know, super seniors are probably remembering that too. You know, obviously, the, you know, there's a lot of bad blood from a fan base. I don't think you forget about that. I think it gets ugly. And I think this is a game for a, a statement game for Kirby Smart to make, right? Obviously, you saw what happened with UAB, you know, throwing up 50 plus. This game right here, you have, I think you have to throw up 60 plus. I, I think you really do. Um, you know, my prediction, I think you look at, uh, you might you might see sixty three to three. I'll give you I'll give it I'll give it a field goal chance. Sixty three three. Um, you know I see a lot of I see a lot of pass game to get you know get receivers healthy and get them in a groove for Arkansas. I think that's something that really needs to be done there. Um, you know just because Arkansas is posing a, a big threat to what you know what Georgia's hopes are this year. Uh, so I you know I see it like I said. Give a field goal, you know, maybe catch them off guard late fourth quarter, get a field goal or something. Um, and, and my player of the game, I think you see JT Daniels. I think JT has a great, uh, great game this year, or, or this uh, this game actually. Sorry, so I'm calling JT Daniels there. What do you think, Juan? I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I think, like I said, it, it's, you know, it's it's going to be a matter of are they going to do the same thing that they did last last week with you know having JT Daniels go and do two drives and then they're gonna you know rotate a Stetson Bennett in there and just kind of get them you know out of rhythm. I'm not really sure, but I think that they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna have to establish the run, lean really hard on the on the running game. Um, I, I do think Vanderbilt's probably going to get a chunk of yards. I mean, you've got a pretty good quarterback and you've got three different wide receivers um, that are going to be top notch. So, you know, it's going to be a lot for us to make sure that we, um, you know, kind of, you know, like somebody said in the chat earlier, just tighten up our, our tighten up our secondary. I do think that Vanderbilt's going to get their yards in the, in the passing game. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, be crazy with that, but um, so it, it, it'll be interesting again, you know, which Georgia team are we going to get, you know, is it going to be, you know, these, the Georgia team that's, you know, beat, you know, UAB and beat South Carolina, or are we going to get some of the Georgia teams of the past that, again, would go up to uh, Vanderbilt and win, the, win a 13 to two? I'm expecting us to come out and, and, and be elite. Um, I'm expecting us to come out and, and do some things. But we, like I said, there's a lot of things we've got to shore up, and the secondary is going to be one of them. Guard play is going to be the other. I, I think so too. I, you know, obviously, I want, like I said, going back to the expectations here. I want to see a great game from our offensive line as a as a unit, right? Because you're like I said, you're going to need that next week, and really for these upcoming four game stretch, every game you're going to have to have good offensive line play. So I would like to see Broderick have a good game if he if he gets the uh, the move at left tackle. I think that it's a good a good a good game to do that, uh, you know. And also G Bama boy here was talking about the run game. I want to see us you know establish the run game. You know, it might make us look silly with our highest score predictions, but you know, if I'll, I'll take that right there, I'll take under sixty points if we can establish the run game and and run the ball effectively. And like I said, our offensive line create gaps and holes because we're going to need that and make sure that we hit the right assignments and things like that. If it if it means scoring under sixty to 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 establish, uh, you know, a great running game and you know, to sit here and make sure our offensive line is not missing assignments or, you know, things like that. And they sell and they gel. I'll take that too. You know what I mean? But that being said, before we wrap up the show, I obviously was mentioning a, a huge announcement here. Uh, so everybody in the chat, I want to hear what you have to say 
to this. Next Friday, we are formally announcing a name for the chat. And we need your help to sit here and give us a name for the chat. So we want to hear your opinions on here. Uh, be on the lookout for a poll. Uh, obviously, we'll kind of go back through here. But, you know, we'll take some of the key names that we see uh, and make a poll out of it. Uh, and we'll let that run. And then next Friday, we'll come back here and make the formal announcement for the new name for chat. That being said, for this episode of the DGD podcast, Robert Reynolds, Juan Daniels, Miss Brooke, thanks for coming on. Brooke, before we go, where can people find you? I'm not on social media. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Caught I'm sorry. Um, oh. I'm not. So it must be this it must be the analyst analytics side of here. Must be. Yeah, we usually have to mail her letters and stuff like that, you know, just what? to get in contact with her. We usually have to mail you letters to get in contact yeah, with her. So. Yeah, snail mail, uh, snail mail work. <laughs> right. um, Smoke signals, pigeon. Sure, sure. Um, you can find you can find me through Juan. Yeah, <laughs> I'm her you agent. Know, Juan, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to ride horseback. Um, I need you to ride horseback over there and, and give her yeah. give her this piece of mail here on papyrus. I, I, I got. She's going to be sitting with us at the at the uh, Buford game tonight. So absolutely, uh, it'll be fun. Hey, we'll make sure it works out here. So, like I said, uh, chat. Uh, anybody listening on the podcast, you know, uh, stay tuned in our social media here. You'll see that there. Uh, you'll start to see that popping around. Also, you'll probably see it on the website as well if you're not familiar dgpodcast.com and we'll sit here and in the show today make sure you get your you know make sure you get your word out i want to hear what you've got to say we want to hear your opinions on this right here so with that being said go dogs go dogs this is the dgd podcast go dogs